Hello and welcome to the Self-Reg Show. This is a podcast with all things Self-Reg and Self-Reg Connected. And I'm Susan Hopkins, your host. Super happy to be here with you today and introducing uh, many of you, uh, some will already know, uh, but to, to one of like one of the key people, I think, on, the, on our Self-Reg team uh, that I go to have learned from and, and love having conversations with Lisa Cranston, Dr. Lisa Cranston. Welcome, Lisa. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for joining me. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have a conversation today. So so please join in. The conversation is going to go a little bit towards the idea, thinking about retirement. So we're just going to have a, a conversation about retirement, but we're really talking about those big life transitions of all kinds. And you just told me off air, we'll let this come out as we go about another life transition coming in <laughs> your life very soon. So, you know, even if you're like, okay, retirement's like a long time away from me. Uh, still, this, this is going to be an interesting podcast for whatever transition you're, you're facing or looking forward to, or maybe trying to make sense of looking back. So, so join us, join us. Lisa, uh, sorry, I just sort of teased that there's a couple of transitions, a big one that has just happened in your life and another one coming. Can you tell, tell everyone just a little bit about, a little bit about you, your story and. Uh... Sure. So I'm a retired educator. I taught kindergarten for many years and then primary was an instructional coach and finished my career as the kindergarten and primary consultant for our local school board, supporting educators and administrators and childcare staff at um, 56 elementary schools in our district. So I retired um, in 2016. And some really good advice that I got from a former coworker was that you, you shouldn't just retire from something, you should retire to something. So when I was about to make that transition to retirement I uh, the year before I retired I started my doctorate which was something I had always wanted to do and that's what kind of led me into the whole self-reg piece because it it didn't start out that way but my doctorate really ended up looking at at self-reg so that kind of supported me through that transition now I'm not saying that everyone should start their doctorate when they retire <laughs> my path to retirement was very very different uh, than most people's um, but yeah, so it was that. And then now our big next transition coming up is our first grandbaby. Uh, our first is going to be a grandson and that's going to be um, this summer. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be a very exciting transition for us and certainly an exciting transition for my daughter and her, her husband as well. Yeah, <laughs> those are big ones. Mm -hmm. you know, they really are. And you're coming to us today from Florida. So I'm in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, and you're, it's much warmer where you are. It's pretty it snowy is. It's here. Been, it's been a little cool in January, but you know, like, oh, I had to wear a hoodie with my shorts today. It's really hard to complain. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I want to ask you a, a couple of questions. So I'm 55 and, you know, it's not, I've, I've gotten out of sort of the education system, although I'm still in education, but it's been 10 years with the Merit Center or almost 10. Um, but I definitely, you know, you begin thinking about retirement and a you know, all the what ifs and, and the possibilities and all those sorts of things, although I'm not planning on uh, stopping what I'm doing anytime soon. Uh, but I'm just wondering, from your perspective, um, you know, if you if you think back to the years when you were still in ed in education and getting ready uh, for retirement, um, 
walk me through those last couple of years. Like it, it's, it, it has changed. Cause if I'm not mistaken, you did this just before COVID hit. Is that right? Yes. I was fortunate in that I retired. Um, I retired in 2016. So part of my thinking around it was, you know, in Ontario, we have your 85 factors. So in your years of vested service and your age, and it all adds up to 85. And it was like, yeah, that was, I could go. And technically I wasn't able to go until Christmas. And one of my co former colleagues was like, you need to go on, you can go on the website and do all the math and figure out how big a difference yeah. would it be going in June versus December? Because um, we were anticipating the, the, the Ontario government was going to be releasing the, um, the, the kindergarten curriculum guide. And it's like, that's a good time to go. Like, I don't really want to be there in September and launch a new program document and then leave at Christmas. And it's funny because I was, I was 54 at the time. Um, and I remember my, my mother saying to me previously, because I had said, I can, I, you know, I can retire when I'm 54. I don't know if I will, but I can. And she was like, well, you won't retire then, will you? Because the <laughs> idea of retiring at that age was yeah. just like so strange. And I thought, why not? Yeah. If I had that opportunity, it, it was just such a natural time to go. So I had been thinking about it for a long time. Um, and I think that made the transition somewhat easier and that it was a choice that I had made. I had a colleague at the same time who had some medical issues and had been off work and we had, you know, been going to visit and, and, and support her and do things. And it basically came down to her doctor telling her, you shouldn't go back to work. And so it was, it was kind of the thing where she had come into work one day and then just never come back. And so, you know, it's like some people have retirement that they choose and others have a retirement thrust upon them. And so having that element of choice, I think made it easier for me. It was me choosing to retire as opposed to someone who's like let go or someone who medically has to retire or because of a family issue has to retire. I think yeah. that's very, very different. So like each person's transition is, is very, very different and unique. We can't say if you retire like a, B, and C. No, this is what it is. This is my experience. And there's individual differences in there, which is not just um, reality because there's privilege in being able to retire with a pension that absolutely allows, that makes that possible. Not everybody can do that, you know. And and uh, and and then there's also individual differences. Like Stuart has supposedly retired, so he's seventy now, and he he works every day. <laughs> I know because he sends me what he did every, you know, well, I get it every few days, but every, but he has a routine where he's like, I think it's four or five kind of intense hours. And sometimes it takes him over and it's, it's a lot of times it's writing um, and sort of researching, pulling things together, which is what's going into like those of you that are seeing the million new courses all around us, resilience, and we've got bullying and there's a grave, there's all kinds of stuff coming. That's, that's where it's, it, that's the root of it all. I mean, he, he will be the first to tell you it takes a, takes a team it's more than just his work but um but really that that's the spark of it all but he he couldn't I don't think he could retire like fully stop <laughs> you know yeah, retirement I mean, sort of when we think about it as a uh you know it has this idea that you just stop working and but it's not it's like like you no. said when you talked about it you know it, it's a it is a transition and you've you've transitioned in this way so you marked yeah. it yeah it, it has to be a transition to something and that's where I had started my doctorate so as well that I don't know how people do that and still work full-time like that it was a lot and then because I was doing the course I started doing the the foundations courses as well 
And yeah. then, so I had that learning. That's happening where you and I met <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. And so I was doing my doctorate and I was doing the foundations courses and I was kind of taking all of that learning and processing it, which turned into writing blogs and which turned into, I wrote a book. Um, and I remember my editor saying like, normally they tell you not to do anything else while you're working on your yeah. doctorate. So like writing a thesis and writing a book, but it was like, they were, they were just kind of, kind of two different sides of the same coin, different ways of sharing that. And all. So that was like a two year transition for me of, I'm no longer getting up and going into my office every day and, and working there. But there was still like a lot of learning and thinking and cognitive, you know, stressors that I needed because I you can't I couldn't have gone from this, you know, 100 kilometers an hour, six days a week that I was doing full stop. Like, so are difficult. I have, you're sparking an interest in me to, to use the five steps to ask you some questions. Okay. Sure. So, you know, we're going to go kind of conversational, but I, I really see, want to see if I can um, learn a little bit about, about your journey, sort of the trend, the, the transition and preparing for retirement um, or, you know, anybody out there that's listening and you're like going to a new job, it could be that, or you're going to move to a new city, or you're going to do that or big life, big, huge life yeah. changes. I mean, you could apply the same. Um, but I think it might be kind of interesting, uh, helpful if I, I'm just going to ask you a few questions from the sure. five steps or five practices, as I like to say. So what were some of the, the behaviors? So if we think about, you know, step one is about um, reframing misbehavior or stress behavior, behavior which always, always makes us think of, of children, but it's not just children, it's <laughs> us. It's, it's oh, any yeah. of those things that we say, I should have, could have, would have, you know, I'm like, whatever I've you know, some of the things that, that, that might've been happening at that, that time or in and around before, during, or after, can you think back to any of the, the stress behaviors that, that you were experiencing or sort of signs that you knew of the stress? Well, you know, one, one, and I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering your question, but one of the things that I used to do when I was working, um, because I worked at the, at the central board office, like I was doing different things every day. So it was always like, I might be going to a school or I might be going to a ministry meeting or I might, you know, so I, I had an electronic calendar that I kept with me all the time and I was always checking my email. So when I would wake up in the morning, I, you know, like many people, my phone was beside my bed and I would wake up in the morning. And the first thing I would do is I would yeah. check my calendar, like, where am I going today? What am I supposed to be doing? And I would check my email and it was like, you know, like, are there any fires that I need to put out before I start my day? And this is before I've even gotten out of bed. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I retired that I realized what an incredibly stressful the way that was for me to start my day. Yeah. It wasn't until that stress was gone that I realized how unhealthy that had been for me. And I didn't, I, I don't know why I wasn't able to look at it through that lens at that time. But when it, it's one of those things where once it's gone and you're like, it's like a stone in your shoe. Like once it's gone, you're like, you realize how painful it is. It's like, yeah, that was a really stressful way to start my day and yeah. looking back it's like that was not a good choice and I make yeah. now my phone I don't keep it in my bedroom I charge it I leave it out in the living room when I go to bed it's charging out there so it's not get up and check and see what's going on in the world and get sucked into that negative news cycle yeah. so that was just one of those like aha moments after I retired where it's like wow I didn't realize how stressful that was well, and, and you tend to hear that and like everybody knows, okay, don't check your phone for it. You know, we've, we've seen a million lists of all the things we're, we're supposed yep. to do or we should choose. 
but the bottom line is it's an it's an urge i mean there's a there's a whole lot of of, of neuroscience going on behind that that urge but it it yeah, there's a lot of misunderstandings out there about dopamine. So people, dopamine, 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 you know, like it's a reward, but really it, it's really about the seeking. And so that that is the craving we have to pick up our phone, right? And look at it. And then when you don't get that 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 good feeling from it, you know, that's that's the other side of it with 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 sort of what's going on with us neurochemically. But we have this, we have this urge and the, the phone companies you know, the, the cell phone, but also all sorts of social media, they have all these different ways of, of triggering that in us. I mean, it's, yep. yeah, but it definitely is a sign. It's funny. I'm thinking the closest I can think of to compare to the transition you made is um, the most recent, I guess, was when I took the leap of faith <laughs> and came here. I mean, I'd worked with Stuart for a few years beforehand in, in when I was in, in government myself and in, and ran another organization. Um, but to come here to Ontario to run his organization was kind of scary, right? Small organization, you know, you've got mortgage, you've got, you want to be able to, I've got a kid, I want to be able to retire to one day or, you know, all that, those sorts of things. Um, but I remember some of my signs to reframe, like I was working, like I was probably working 14 Oh, I'm sure 14 hours a day. Like I couldn't even, mm -hmm. and it was because I had one organization, which I was running, which was my full-time job. And then I was trying to help I, TMC was had, it just needed, it needed structure, it needed a lot of things. Everything was sort of on Stewart, and I was really uh, trying to do everything I could to help. And so it was just like this frenzy. When I think back and remember it, I'm like <laughs> manic. Uh, and, and it's sort of the sense of things. Um, but the things that go with that, um, it, it felt like a very high energy, but at what cost, right? You know, I remember um, I eating junk. I remember, yeah. I remember wine every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? and I think I've gotten much better with having learned about self-reg of being able to be aware of my body and be aware of those signals from my body and know yeah. when I'm getting stressed out. Whereas before it was just like push on through, just yeah. keep going. And when I'm doing presentations, I share the story uh, when my kids were younger and, um, you know, I was teaching full time and I had two young kids and I was in a very, I was, my, my marriage was not going well. So there's a lot of stressors at home with that. And I remember going to my doctor cause I was having like, I don't know, we didn't know if it was iatial hernia or maybe an ulcer. And he was sending me for all these tests. He's like, is it possible? He said, could it be stress? And yeah. I said to him, hundred percent believing this. No. Oh no, I don't, I don't think so. I know. I don't think so. And then when July came and I wasn't teaching anymore. And so a, a lot of those stressors were gone. All of my symptoms started to like alleviate on their yeah. own. And it was like, huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe there is something to that. So I think I've gotten much better with being able to recognize those signs of stress and stop myself and be like okay wait like I can't you know we've talked about this you I can't eliminate all the stress from my life I, I it's not a healthy thing to even try to do that but I've gotten much better at recognizing when that load is getting too much and what my behaviors are and what my sensations are and what and what will work for me to bring that back down yeah I mean one of the the gifts of being retired is is you have more choice I mean when I was working um the superintendent was my the direct supervisor yeah. and if she wanted me to do something you know it was you know yes thank you for this opportunity like <laughs> there wasn't a choice um whereas now 
there are times when people have asked me, you know, because it's like, yes, I could volunteer at church and I could volunteer in schools and I could do this and I could do this. And it's like, I choose wisely. Yeah. You know, um, when I do, we used to do the new teacher in service and I would say like, look, you could coach every team and you can be on every committee, but it's like going a buffet, you put it all in your plate you're going to make yourself sick. And it's the same with retirement. It's that same sort of buffet where there's like, like you can be going and doing all kinds of things, but you're just going to, for me, that's just going to create a, a different stress now. So I've been very purposeful in that I had one teacher that I knew she and I were very much on the same page when it came to pedagogy. And I used to go to her class once a week and volunteer. Um, I made it a point, like my mother passed away before I retired. So I, I, absolutely would go see my dad at least once sometimes twice a week that's a priority like I could set my own priorities and when opportunities came up there were some times where I'd say you know thank you so much for thinking of me but no thank you that's so, just not what I want to do so before I ask you some next questions which I'm going to ask you about some of the stressors um that that you reduced what would you say because the one thing I'm I'm always aware of is when people hear a conversation like this, which they would find interesting. Um, but for me, I might've said some of these things before two decades ago too. I've always been on, you know, trying to, trying to stay healthy and, you know, like I've always been trying. And, and yet there was a real lens shift changed for me when I, when I began learning with Stuart Jenker. I mean, that just really is, it really shifted instead of these ideas of this what we call blue brain this ideas of us sort of head knowledge of what you should do right it's not that that those keep popping up that's sort of the the self-control mindset about all the right things we should do and then when we have other people that we're trying you're trying and you look and you're just like you feel like you, you feel defeated because that's not really what what this is about we we look at 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 I mean, we really flip that on its head and really look at what's beneath the behaviors, like really begin to look at those. So what would you say to people that say, okay, well, that's nice. I know this nice list and Lisa can do that. And Lisa's so resilient and Lisa's so, you know, and, but that's, mm -hmm. you know, or they make, the, they're going to make their like new year's resolution and I'm going to do this and, and do all those nice things. Say no, when I'm supposed to, like what, what's different for you now than it might've been at another time or what, how can you frame that to help people understand how the process is actually a little different than just a whole bunch of things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think for me, part of it, you know, is getting older. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 62 yeah. now, which is a big number. And so for me, it's about my health. Um, that's, yeah. that's my focus. It's not about like, I'm going to weigh this amount or I'm going to like eat this amount of protein or I'm going to do this. It's about, I want to be a healthy person. I'm going to be a grandma. I want to be a healthy grandma. I want to be a healthy, active grandma. And so the choices I'm making are these going to get me to that goal? That's my goal. I want to be healthy. I want to be a strong, healthy, active person. I want to be a strong, healthy, active grandma. Previously, when I was working full-time and I didn't have this knowledge and it was just about getting through the day and I just want to get through this day and I just want, it was a lot of wine and a lot of chips and a lot of like, when I looked, like I was not making choices based on this is yeah. going to be a healthy choice. This is going to... I thought it was making me feel better, but when, you know, now I can look at it through that self-reg lens and realize all of the things that it was actually adding stress and not reducing stress, you know, like, yeah, I made all those terrible choices. They didn't help me. So I've kind of learned, <laughs> I tried to learn things the hard way instead of doing it the easy way, you know, reading about it. But yeah, there was just, I, that's my goal. 
And so it's all, and I don't do it all the time. There's lots of times where I'm, you know, not necessarily, it's not like, oh, Lisa does everything perfectly. And um, there have been times where, <laughs> well, I have two kids. They're not kids, they're adults now, but regardless, like, and, and they'll call me on it. So for example, my daughter, um, when she was in high school, I would come home for lunch sometimes and we would watch the end of, um, what's that show with Bob Barker? The Price is Right. We would watch mm -hmm. the end of The Price is Right. Well, they have a Price is Right traveling show and it came to Casino Windsor, which is near where we live. So the two of us got tickets to go see The Price is Right live show. Yeah. So we're at the casino and you had to go upstairs and get like, you got your little price tag that looks like a, your name tag and everything. And then we wanted to go down to get the buffet, but we had to go get back up and we had to be, and it was like, I was starting to spiral, right? Like, it's like, we have to be here, but we have to go there. And I was starting to get wound up. And Madison looked at me, she's like, mom, you're supposed to know all about self-reg. <laughs> yeah. like, you're not very calm right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they so know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm trying to make choices based on what I know. Yeah. And I'm trying to make thoughtful purposeful choices but there are still times when when it's all too much right and it's like I'm I'm able to stop sometimes and have those like why why this craving and why now and is this really going to get me what I want so if I'm all stressed out and yet I have a diet coke and a bag of chips am I really going to feel better afterwards yeah or not like try and play it forward but it's still a work in progress and it will always be a work in progress right up until the very last breath, I'm sure. Because there are still days when it's like, I, you know, it's like, I know that it would be much better to go for a walk, but I really want the bag of chips. For me, the thing that really jumped, jumped out was, you know, I, I knew all the good things. Everybody does, you know, things that are healthy for you, try to do healthy things, all, all those that. sorts of things. But it would it it for me it's always been the science that you like right at the very beginning you talked about going to the doctor and the doctor saying well maybe it's stress and you're like no it's not stress like we all know oh stress is bad for you but when you begin to learn some of the science of what it's actually doing to your body and like I'm I'm not uh, even with this comment I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and buy fancy you know tracker you know trackers or anything like that there's all kinds of simple ways. But just noticing, for example, what, I mean, there's a million that we've learned with Stuart, but I just think about noticing what eating late at night or what uh, alcohol, like I don't drink very, I, I have very little anymore. I have a teenager I'm trying to be a good, okay, that's part of the reason I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm trying to be a good influence because uh, let me tell you, it, it seems to matter right now, but, but I also feel better. But when I notice what would happen when I have a, a glass of wine or whatever later at night and what it does to my heart rate overnight, and then you're like, okay, that doctor in the beginning who was saying, maybe this is stress, he's not saying, oh, there's a lot for you to worry about. He's saying, no, your body is yeah. under this, it's like a pressure. And it, that's the wear and tear in the body. And then we ate and, you know, and all these things come out of that. It's like, it, it's almost getting a new kind of healthy awe or respect for it's like, oh, wait a minute. And what's really cool is the more that you begin to honor that and, and live with things that align a, a little bit more allowing for balance or a, that homeostasis that we talk about, um, the better you feel and the easier it is, right? It's, it's more energizing. Yeah. Um, I, and I, for one, like I, 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 well, this is what I do full time. I live and breathe this stuff, but uh, I still 
go red brain. There are still days, you know, there are things yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Like we all have those days where it's like, there's too much stress yeah. and not enough energy. And it's like, I like, yeah. I'm, I'm at my tipping point and, yeah. you know, I, I can do everything that I can to minimize the amount of times that's happening. Whereas I feel like when my kids yeah. were teenagers, it was, it was a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I look back, you know, and I look back on those and say, oh, I should have done this. And I could have, well, you know what, it's the yeah. whole, when we know better, we do better. And, and, you know, you just kind of have to move forward with, with the knowledge that you've got now. One of the things I've found, and I've gotten better at this, and I mean, I'm a ways into this journey now. When I first started self-reg, like most people, it's all about helping other people, right? Yeah. I am much better at looking at and reframing other people's behavior and looking at other people's behavior with soft eyes. And then when I look at my own behavior, I, I it's taken a lot to not shift to that self-control lens. Mm -hmm. So when I would see other people doing that, I would be like kind and caring and like they, you know, what's going on in their lives. And with me, it's like, why are you eating those? Why are you eating those chips, Lisa? Like, you know, better than that. You know, you're just going to feel like crap. Like, and I would look at it as a self-control, like, why aren't you having better control over the junk that you're putting into your body? And now I'm able to look at like, oh, if you like, hmm. Is it because I'm not getting enough calories during my day? Is it because I'm stressed about something? Is it like what's happening? Like what's what's the biological reason for it as opposed to why do you not have enough self-control? Yeah. And there's re it's always multiple. And sometimes it's yeah. just tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> Shut it yeah. down. Get your book. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me, let me just think back to actually the transition of, of into retirement sort of phase and Tell me like, what were some of the, like, if we go through the five domains of stress, um, right. what were some of the stressors on you, you know, and again, that the hidden ones, the obvious ones. Um, yeah. See, I would say like, like biological stressors that when those suddenly reduce because all of a sudden I'm getting better sleep, I'm eating better. I'm not like shoveling food into myself as I'm driving from one school to another. It's like, I can be mindful and I can cook things. So those stressors reduced immensely the social stressors like yeah it's I mean teaching is a very social thing being a consultant like I was meeting with people all the time so and my husband at that time wasn't retired and he traveled a lot for work so he would be gone for weeks at a time and my kids were away at university um, so that was like a very sudden shift from always with people to not <laughs> Yeah. And most of my friends were still working. So that's where it's like, okay, I'm going to go volunteer. I'm going to join a book club. And like, how, how do I do this? Because I am a person who likes to be social. I'm, I'm not a total extrovert, but I, I don't want to just be home by myself. So that was a little bit, that was a little bit tricky. Like I, I had to really think about how am I going to create those opportunities for myself? And because it was before COVID, because then when COVID happened, we had to redo that all. Um, the, you know, and then cognitive, well, I'd started my doctorate. So that was more than enough cognitive stress. I had taken care of that. The real surprising one, I think, and I talked about this in one of the vlogs, the video logs I did was, was the pro-social stressors. I mean, it was like, you know, that whole, my mother's attitude of like, well, you won't retire then. Like, um, it is a privilege and, and I do have, I, I do recognize that not everybody has that privilege and there was, and it was totally coming from myself, but mm -hmm. that feeling of you're young, you're healthy, you have lots of energy, you have lots of time, you should be doing something purposeful. 
Like, right. don't waste this opportunity. Yep. Don't yeah. waste this time. And so there were these days where if I didn't have anything, you know, I wasn't going to visit my dad or I wasn't going to volunteer. And I maybe was just like sitting on my couch in the sun, reading a book, you know, am I wasting this time? And um, I don't know, maybe part of it is having grown up on a farm where it was like, was, right. if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Like there was like, you know, like there was always a chore to give you death. Yeah. And there was nobody there putting that pressure on me. It wasn't like somebody was saying like, well, you know, that kitchen floor could use it going over if you've got time to read. Yeah. It was totally self-inflicted, but that yeah. was a, a big surprise to me. I, I was just a really sort of strange, uncomfortable feeling that I just kind of had to take time to get used to and kind of decide like, okay, how busy do I have to be in order to feel good about this how like where are these feelings coming from and yeah it was that one was kind of strange it you know it reminds me I, I'm not sure it's sort of the same brain body mechanisms but it might it actually might be um and Stuart always talks about how most of us don't know what it's like to be calm and people hear calm and they make think you mean like calm down no we need physiological calm right it's that mm -hmm. that homeostasis you're not you're not hyper or hypo aroused. It's that sort of in, in, in between state, and, but across all kinds of systems. So, but we're not very good at um, just being. So getting the parasympathetic system going, the the calming, we you often hear uh, lots of young people, everybody will know the, oh, I'm so bored, <laughs> right? And the fact that they study boredom as, uh, as a, actually a stress response, it's a little bit of discomfort that happens, but it's happening it's a physiological thing. It's not just in your mind. It's, it's actually, it's a sensation that they're feeling. So when we're, when we're go, go, go all the time, which is also, I mean, many of us, right. Which definitely sounds like it's you as well, Lisa. And then all oh, of a yeah. sudden you have, you have a chance to kind of go, okay, catch my breath. But then I, there's this, there's this discomfort, right? So we're almost like yep. addicted to the to the, uh, for those of you that don't know Thayer Matrix, we'll include a link here and you can watch, you can learn about it, but it's like we're addicted to being in that upper quadrant, always on the go, always high energy, always high ten tension and not, not, not enough restoration, right? And you talked about pushing through in the beginning. So a little bit of that and just getting used to being okay. This is a, this is a part of being human and, and it's okay. And I'm not being, you know, any of those names you might labels you might put on yourself, right? Late, lazy or contributing or whatever. Uh, and yeah. Then, yeah. Did, did you find that it made you, that it led to better? Um, I'll ask you just to respond to that if there's anything that kind of jumps out to you, but also I'm curious, did it, it lead to more, I, I, I feel weird saying the word productivity because it's not the right word to say, but on the moments when you were active and engaged, did that feel better? Because, you know, you, you go to being more kind of in the moment, I think, and it's more. Yeah, because it's not like I'm doing that and, and trying to do five other things at the same time and feeling pulled in different directions. And a lot of times, like I said before, the things that I'm doing are things that I've chosen to do. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this because I have to do it for work. Um, and I could also do them like, like when I would go and visit my dad, I'm not going and visiting him and thinking like, oh, my gosh, I've got like million other yeah. things I need to be doing it's like I can just be here and okay like what do you need done and where do you want to yeah. go and you know yeah. like I'm, I'm, and and really be there and be connected and 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 be in that moment but yeah that's been it's taken it took a while like it took a it was I think doing the doctorate kind of gave me two years to postpone it 
because between doing that and writing the book, that was, I was busy. Um, and so by that end of that two years, then my husband had retired and now he was going to be home. And that was, a, again, that was another transition because he would yeah. travel for like four or five weeks at a time. Yeah. He would be home for a weekend, sleep for most of it, and then off he would go again, maybe yeah. be home for a week. So all of a sudden he's now home. And I was like, oh, you're still here. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And by then I had kind of like got my routine set of like, I go to the gym and I do this and I do that. And it's like, you need to figure out what your routines are. Cause now he was yeah. kind of going through that transition yeah. as well. So yeah, it was, it's just a nice chance to be like, okay, what is it that I want to do instead of what do I have to do and and how you know and part of it is that service of like how can I help others um what but part of it's of also the... just being like no thank you I don't want to do that so we've reframed some behaviors which lots of different examples and yeah. we, we've looked at a bunch of stressors in we I think we touched on most or if not all of the domains what were some of the the, the strategies and the things that you did to reduce to lighten your stress load so you talked about doing a bit of volunteering and that, that sort of thing, going to the gym. What, what else did you do? Um, a lot of it was focusing on healthy eating, um, yeah. which when I was working full time and I had, you know, single mom with two teenagers and yeah, like a lot of times it was like, you know, they would go with their friends on Friday night and it's like, I'm going to walk down the street to the convenience store and I'm going to get a bag of chips that should be for a whole family that's going yeah, to be yeah. just for me and that was a like you know I wasn't necessarily choosing the healthiest strategies for reducing stress yeah. um, and it certainly wasn't restoring any energy so as I during this time was also when I was learning more about self-reg so it was like really starting to stop and take that pause to be like okay like why this craving and why now um and that's I think that's I mean I I'm not a super super health nut I I, I still eat some junk food um during COVID you know when we were all stuck at home and we'd kind of get into the oh we're gonna have a glass of wine at night oh we're gonna have a glass of wine at night and I finally realized this has become a bad habit mm -hmm. and so two and a half years ago it was in October uh, we did a, a online challenge through my local gym. We're going to do sober October, no, no alcohol for a whole month. And for the first two weeks, I thought I had really started to use that as a, mm -hmm. a crutch. And after a month, it was like, my health is so much better now. I'm sleeping yeah. better. And a friend of mine was like, well, are you going to, you know, have a glass of wine now that you're done? I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And it's not because oh, it's bad. It's just, I know I sleep so yeah. much better. My hot flashes are gone. Like all those menopause things that I was dealing with, gone. Yeah, that's so what I found I too. I started making choices yeah. like based on, is this a healthy thing for me? And and that's been huge for like restoring my energy because I'm putting healthy things into my body. And that does give me more energy. Like that's made a big difference. If you know, If I was eating a lot of junk food, and a lot of fast food and then you know having a glass of wine every night that's that's not really helping my energy level have you i i have i have recently um i know they call it x but twitter i i have i mean we, i've stopped being active there we actually as of today or yesterday 
we are closing down the TMC Twitter. Stuart left over a year ago. I mean, there's the reasons for it are are ethical, you know, in a large yeah. part, but it's hard because there's such a great community there, you know. Um, but I had it was one of so I've done the same as you with with wine. I right now I might have I might have a glass of wine a week. Um, sometimes I'll go weeks without it. So, and I did the same thing. I stopped for a different reason. I had a bit of a, I was worried about a teenager and I'm just like, oh my God. And I got everything out of the house and that, you know, it made it easier in a weird way, but I was really surprised at how much better I felt as a result. Um, and you know, I was more in the habit of like, uh, you know, like it was never, never like what it was decades ago, but it was, a, it was a daily, you know, especially over COVID you get in the, and so I was really, really, I was really surprised at how much better I, better I felt. But another one for me has been the doom scrolling and Twitter in particular for the news. And it's not even yep. my country's news. And I took it off my, I took it off my phone. Um, and that I thought it was going to be hard. I just did it over, over Christmas and took it like, and I have other ones. I have to check social media a bit for my work. And I, you know, I stay in contact with a few people that way, but it was, it was that one in particular I knew was really gobbling for me. And, um, and it was hard for two days. I couldn't believe the number of urges I had to look at my phone, but it was over the holidays. And, uh, but then it was actually fairly easy. Like I can still go on and look at it on my, my computer, but I don't. And so there was, there was, that was, that's, that was been, a, that was actually another break free one for me. Right. I've, I've recently started delaying my coffee first thing in the morning, which I said this to Stuart yesterday. And he's like, well, I've been doing that for 20 years. I'm like, you didn't <laughs> this. he said, no, he, I don't have the coffee until, you know, a couple hours after I get up. And I just read about something about, well, you know, it was better to start the, the day with, I have hot lemon and, and I actually, it's not as good as starting with coffee, but it's pretty darn close. It's the warm drink that I really like. Yep. And that's making me feel better too, but it's always a work in progress. What else have you done? So you have, you know, you work uh, well, food. What and it's funny because you, you were talking about social media. So yeah, I kind of got off Twitter because it was just like, this is just, again, it's just, it's adding stress. It's not adding anything positive to my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then I do use Instagram. That's where my kids are. Um, I have two Instagram accounts. So one's like my personal account. That I, and then I have one that I use, uh, last year I broke my wrist. And so I was like going to physio and I really wanted to get up. So I was like really focused on like rehabilitating and I wanted to kind of document that. But I thought, no, nah, my kids and their friends, like they don't really get, yeah. they don't want to, yeah. they don't want to follow that. <laughs> so I, but I'm very purposeful in terms of like, who do I follow on Instagram? So I make sure I'm following lots of people who are like my age or older, who are at the gym and doing strength training and you know fitness influencers who are talking about like the importance of a sustainable healthy thing like not some hyper body fixation or yeah yeah nothing that like people that are out hiking and nature things it's like it's like if something if that's making me feel good yeah I will follow you I'll follow you like if I'm going to be scrolling I want it to be stuff that's going to be lifting me up yeah and making me feel better not stuff that's going to be like making me feel badly about how I look or how I'm dressed or whatever choices I happen to be making so yeah. I try to use it as a tool to reduce stress and and increase energy not as something to make me feel bad about myself I, I kind of do the same but when people have talked about their Facebook being so awful and horrible things mine isn't and I've got like tons of people from all the different places I've lived it's just because if they you post one 
you know, misogynist or racist or like, you know, I am okay with different opinions, but, but I don't like, I'm just, I'm done. And, and just, yeah. that's, that's racism is not an opinion. Like, no, no, like, no, no. But, you know, and it's just, and there's only the only ones that have been ever been tricky are a couple of relatives who I love, <laughs> you know, who'll post something that, you know, whatever, I don't necessarily agree with, but it's not on, it's not racism. It's just, they might have a, a, a political view or whatever that I, that I see differently or whatever, but so it, it isn't, it isn't down. It is more, more uplifting, but uh, you know, yeah, that is, a good, I mean, that is a good strategy. Like living in Florida for the winter, it's a choice. Yeah. I, I, it, because I like, I love, what, yeah, we, we exactly. want to know because, <laughs> <laughs> but because like, I love the fact that it's there's sun. Like I was, I was home for Christmas for two weeks and I did not see the sun for two weeks. Yeah, it yeah. was gray. It was cold. It was miserable. Like that does not help me. I know that like every morning I go out, there's a group of ladies, we all play pickleball. So it's the, it's like physical exercise, but it's also social and we all connect and, you know, so I'm out in the fresh air and I'm getting exercise and I'm, I, and that, that is so important for me. However, yeah, the politics in the states. Yeah, I have to. I, I I make the choice. I could choose to engage in those conversations at the pool. I no, I I choose yeah. not to. It's just like I said, I just float away, float away. I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna have those conversations. Um, there's a, a a group that's coming next week. They're looking for volunteers to. Um, help out at a school library and I thought I will go and I'll hear about it and I'll find out if you're going to ask me to go in there and censor books no thank yeah. you because no, you're right I, in the thick of it I mean there are other states yeah. but Florida is like oh Florida's like right yeah, up there yeah there's some and there's some lovely people here yeah. you know it's they're not all yeah yeah, you know, oh, yeah. like ultra conservative and it's and and you know some of them are just as perplexed by what's happening yeah as we are but I you know, years ago, I would have chosen to engage with some of those people and like, I'm not going to change their minds. Like, yeah. they're not they're like, you know what, I had to talk with Lisa, and I've seen the light. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's a, you know, like, it's a choice I make. But there are times when you think like, oh, man, is there someplace warm in the States that's not quite this politically out of line with my own personal beliefs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just imagine. Well, let me so let me ask you. So We've gone, we've talked a bit of some reframing. We've looked at some stressors. We've talked about some strategies. Those are just examples. There's a million different ways that the key oh, for yeah. anybody listening is you have to ask yourself, does it actually reduce my stress? Because some of the stuff we think we do, like I'm, I'm the worst for buying, I'll buy a new organizer, or, you know, this thing that I'm going to do, <laughs> put everything, you know, together and keep track of things. And it's going to make things better. And, and then it just ends up cluttering things up worse. So it's the same in many people that are following that are in schools and you have a program that's supposed to help. And it actually, you know, the, when you stand yeah. back and say, okay, does it actually help? If it does be honest about that helps you and all that kind of stuff, but it's got to genuinely reduce dial, dial down the tension, dial down the temperature a bit. So we, so just think about any, any example that might make a difference like that for you. So step number four is about um, enhancing stress awareness. So Stuart sometimes uses the acronym calm clear calm listening embodied awareness and reflecting it, it, it is it is mindfulness in a way but not in sort of the eastern idea of mindfulness although that that could certainly fit but that's not what this is it's about being sort of present but self-awareness interoception all of those sorts of things so have you done anything in those areas lisa what what helps you really become you talked about noticing it more and you're being more self-aware when 
you're getting a weird craving or an urge or whatever to, to be able to, at least sometimes in the moment to notice that. So that's self-awareness. Is there anything yeah. you're doing to nurture that? Um, well, and one of the other things um, my boss used to always talk about is, and I think it's out of Stephen Covey's work, is that circle of influence, circle of control, right? And then the stuff. And I've gotten much better at that as well in terms of like, what's within my circle of control? And, and absolutely, I'm going to deal with those things in the circle of influence and stuff that isn't that I used to get more stressed out about where I'm just able to like, oh, well, there's nothing. Um, during Hurricane Ian a year and a half ago, um, our lanai, like our big sunroom was like completely destroyed. It's just gone. And so we've been dealing with it's still a year and a half later and it was we were supposed to have contractors that were going to come and fix it. And they were going to come in January and they were like last January, they're going to come in February, they're going to come in March. They couldn't get the materials. There's nothing I can do about that. Mm -hmm. And if they can't get the materials, they can't get the materials. I, I there's, you know, um, and sometimes my husband would start to get stressed out and I'd be like, you got to let it go. Like <laughs> this is, there's nothing, we have no control over this. Absolutely none. And so you know, they were going to come in December and that didn't work out. And they're going to come in January. And I thought, you know, in years past, I would have gotten so stressed about that. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, we need to call them. We need to do this. Like, I know they'll, they'll, when they get the materials, they'll be here and they'll build it. And they so, do, you know, you, but that's, it's literally for me, a choice to let go of that past behavior of somehow thinking that I need to control things that I, yeah. you know, that I can't control. And my kids would would agree with that there are times when I would try to control other people's behavior and it's like you know you, you can't you can only control yourself and you can control your reactions but I, I gotta let that other stuff go are there tools and strategies you own you use to like to reflect on and stay aware of your own stress states um because to make those choices you also have to be in a balanced enough state to think yeah. right and, I mean, and so lot, and, and we're not always times, there yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it has been that getting in touch with those feelings of like, I can feel that physical sense of I can feel my stress in my stomach starting. Like I can feel that tension of like, oh my God, they said they were going to be here this week and I can't believe they're like, eh. it's like, wait, I, as soon as I start feeling like the shoulders and the stomach and it's like, stop, like stop, stop. stop. And it don't, doesn't always work. Sometimes yeah. I just continue yeah, yeah. to escalate, but I've gotten better at like, okay, I got to let this I got it, you know, and I know with, you know, a new grandbaby coming, there are going to be lots of other opportunities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, you know what, not my choices. And I, you know, I don't get yeah, to make yeah. these decisions. And so hopefully I'll be able to do that. The big one that I use is the Thayer matrix. And it's the energy, oh, it's the energy yeah. tension matrix. And um, it's, it's really you know, I like I re I don't always recognize when I'm in the states in the moment. It's more afterwards. But the, the as you go on and you learn more of this, that becomes almost seamless. So even when you have a moment when maybe you felt your blood pressure going up or whatever, right? So I was on my way to yoga today, and I I, I had left enough time to get to yoga, but not any extra. And I got behind not one but two of the slowest drivers ever. We missed every single light. It's only like a 10 minute drive from my house. And it took me 20 to get there. And I was like running in one minute to spare. And like, I felt myself, you know, yep. <laughs> and, and which is totally illogical, but it's, you know, I really recognize that it just, it, it shoots my stress state up really, really fast. Right. That 
you know, what you're talking about is that sort of, uh, you know, it, it's a limbic arousal thing that, that gets me really going or whatever on another day. So, so that can help me in the moment, but on a day when I'm already completely exhausted, I could stay stuck there. And like today yeah. I just, it was almost afterwards. I got there, I got there on time and I'm like, oh, almost funny. So I, I don't even have to really reflect on what happened. I knew that I, I knew what happened, sort of the, you know, the pro there's pro-social stress and there's emotion stressors and, you know, I, I'm cognitive. I'm trying to watch the time and, you know, like I'm feeling myself tense as I'm driving because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to miss yoga. I make yoga and I love yoga. Yoga is really important for me. Um, so, but, but the Thayer is really neat because like when I get in a, in a funk, I've, I've lately, the one, the, the, the main area where it happens to me now is as a, as a parent of a teenager that can be frustrating. And, and yeah, I don't look, I don't look back on the tears fondly. It was just like, we made it through. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I have had moments that are kind of, you know, I was a bit of a wild, well, I was a wild teenager. So there's things that, that I remember that worry me, but there's also like, there's some genuine things for me to worry about, but I don't like, I don't, I'm not getting any mommy of the year awards with, no. with some of my parenting. And how does that happen for somebody that's done all this, this learning and all that, because it just triggers, you know, it, it triggers me up so, so quickly. And that I really noticed that, that at the holidays, what I was doing, that's when I stopped Twitter um, was I'm like, okay. So I, I, my holidays were trying to enjoy a nice Christmas and family and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I got to get a few things under balance. Cause I was feeling myself down in, we'll, we'll, we'll attach there. Um, but down in that sort of um, high tension, you know, my energy was high, but it was like on the cusp of bottoming out. I'm like, and there's no way to push yourself through that. You need to stop and restore. And if I didn't have Thayer to have me saying, okay, I am always on the high tension side, you know, uh, of things um it, it it it's sort of a good touch point it's like okay what am I going to add and this is where I'm going to ask you next which is the last step of self-reg so what am I going to add into my life that is genuinely restorative for me what am I going to stop doing what am I going to do you know what do I love to get back to what can I do a little bit of over the holidays just to get a little more restoration um because that's really what step five of self-reg is about it's it's the genuine not just the mitigating stress and even me going to yoga is mitigating stress, but it's like the genuine things that we're doing to it's parasympathetic to, to feel a little bit better to restore. And they matter. Like, honestly, they matter so much. That's really where the magic is, um, is when we're getting into that. So I have a dog. I don't know if you can hear her. She's having an <laughs> absolute, she's, are you, can you hear her? She's <laughs> losing her mind. <laughs> Like I'm outside. <laughs> she can't believe she's she's really off today. She had a really rough visit to the vet yesterday. She's usually really good, and then I put her outside. And so I I am for all of you thinking about stressors, whether you can hear me or see or or just see me. But you know I'm I'm trying to focus on Lisa, but I'm hearing this dog, and I'm not getting up for her. <laughs> She'll be fine. We're almost uh, done. She will be fine. So what what are some of the things that you do or added to your life or? You know, what are some of the ways that you do that, that genuine restoration where we yeah, get that's really that interesting because, because when you're talking about Thayer, like absolutely. And it's something that I kind of do even without thinking. So when I know that I'm going to have, because now it's like, I kind of have a pretty calm life, knock wood, first of all, you know, it's fairly, but if I know that something stressful is coming up, if, if I can see that on the horizon. So like, for example, when my father was hospitalized and that was sudden, but it's like, okay, my dad was in the hospital and. It was all of a sudden, and then they were moving him to hospice, and it was just like everything was going crazy. 
I have these certain things that I know are restorative for me. So for me, it's exercise, yeah, whatever yeah. way, shape or form, like going to the gym, that is huge. So if I, if all of a sudden there's a sudden stressor, like when my dad was hospitalized or whatever is going on, I need to jettison other stuff and let it go. But those are like things like going to the gym or getting some form of exercise. That's a must. Cause yeah. I know that's, that's, that's so restorative for me. So even if it's something as simple as like, okay, when we were, you know, with my dad, um, you know, if now, okay, now my brother is there, I'm going to go outside and go for a walk, like just to get out. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm not going to be able to make it to the gym today. But even if I can just get outside yeah. and get some fresh air and get some exercise, that is going to help me so much more than having a cup of coffee or any of those other things. Like to me, exercise is the number one restorative practice for me that I have to find some way of doing. Um, and so last year when I broke my wrist, so all of a sudden I can't, like yoga is no, because if I lose my balance, yeah, yeah. God forbid, I put my hand down and I couldn't play pickleball and I, you know, and I can't, and I can't. So it was like, what can I do? Cause I still need to get outside and get some exercise. So a friend of mine um, gifted me a uh, subscription to Peloton for a couple oh, months yeah. and they have like the guided walks with all the music and they're like coaching you as you're walking. And one of the people here, I borrowed um, like one of those three wheeled trikes. Yeah, yeah. So I could ride, I could go for a trike ride. I can't go for a bike ride because again, if I lose my balance oh, yeah. and fall, I'm going to break yeah. my other wrist. Um, but I could, I could at least get out and go for a bike ride and I could go for walks and I could, you know, and I would go over when the other people were playing pickleball and still socialize. Um, but for me, like that's the one, number yeah, one yeah. non-negotiable is some form of vigorous physical activity, like good exercise that makes all the difference. And, and I know that. Um, if I've been, if, especially if I have to do something that's a lot of sitting. So yeah. like, you know, being at the hospital with my dad or being like, when we drive, we drive down to Florida, it's a 20 hour drive. Like it's a day and a half. Like I know I, we need to stop and I need to find a hotel that's got a gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so I, I know that works for me. Um, for me, one of the things I always need is quiet time, people away from from people, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, that's just me. I, I need, I actually feel really supported and like, I have lots of people around me, but I know for me, the res restoration does not come with a lot of people. And so, um, it's, uh, I see my fire in, at this time of year. And the, and as soon as it gets warm enough, I sit on my deck and there's, you know, bird feeders and things that back there. And that's why I'll have a cough. So, so that's one thing is, is a little bit of time to just go right. Um, movement is, and get, getting, getting, you know, outside in the daylight matters to me. Like I go on the treadmill and stuff like that, but I just don't enjoy it. It's just not, it's not it's my funny thing. Cause like it 20 minutes on the treadmill yeah. feels like an eternity and 20 minutes, like, Oh, I'm, I'm just barely getting warmed up. If yeah, I'm going outside yeah. for a walk. What are your yeah. sleep routines? Like, so that's a big one for me. Like I I'm still not very good at it. I don't sleep. I, I I'm a restless sleeper and I, but I try to really kind of guard that like a you know almost like a ritual if you will right and that that's an important one for me too yeah and I have I have my and I know I should reduce my screen time before bedtime but I haven't and I'm you know I, I try um I but I it, it's frustrating because my husband goes to bed and I swear to god it's like he goes like a night and I'm like well I don't understand how you do that because for me there has to be like I usually will read, I do, I, I have a gratitude journal. So I do my gratitude journal every night when I go to bed. 
Yeah. And then I read for a while or I have a crossword puzzle. It's just something to like kind of start to shift my brain down a bit. And then if I'm still having trouble falling asleep, I do like a lot of different breathing exercises where I try to, and that will usually help me fall asleep. I have to have it dark. You know, I have quiet, it has to be just a certain amount of warmth, but it's, I don't know, that's a menopause thing or what, but it's, it's been, it's a challenge. It's not as bad as it was when I first started going through menopause and I was still working full time and not getting quality sleep. Um, but it is, yeah, it, it, there's, it's a struggle sometimes. It's why when you're talking about quiet time is restorative, that's my youngest daughter. Um, when we were traveling, um, my husband and I, so the kid's stepdad and the two girls, we went to Europe on a summer vacation. Uh, because we're like in their mid twenties and we were, we had been in Spain and we drove, uh, through France and we were staying and we had rented a, like an Airbnb in Paris. So it had a nice kitchen and a living room. And then like John and I had a bedroom and the kids had a bedroom and Madison was like in the bedroom by herself. And so I knocked and I went in like, are you okay? Are you upset? Like, did somebody, did something bother you? And she was just like, no, like, I just, I need some alone time. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's not something anybody else in our family does. So I I saw it as like, oh, she must be angry. She must be upset. Like something, you know, something. And it's like, no, like, I just need to be alone. And so we, I know that now when I travel with her that, there are going to be times when she's just going to have to go off on her own somewhere and then that recharges her and then back she can come and good to go. I don't know for those of you watching the video I don't know if you've realized or not but my uh, someone's just come in the house and my do- my dog is going crazy behind me. <laughs> so you know but I mean that's just really interesting during a podcast it's just what happens like, uh, right that's real that life happens. and so I muted it so you didn't hear half of it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because we're just we're just coming to an end, and that's a that's a good way to wrap us up, Lisa. What what would you like to share? Do you have any final words that you'd like to share um, um, with the listeners? I, you know, when I was a kindergarten teacher, we always talked about how tr- difficult transitions were for kids, and we tried to like eliminate as many as possible and have them be as seamless as possible. And so it's interesting for me that it's come full circle in that transitions were such a big part of my professional life and sort of smoothing them over for other people that now to look at them for me and to look back on like all of those transitions of like becoming a parent and becoming an empty nester and becoming a retiree and and how there are those transitions and I, I guess now it's being able to be mindful of them and sort of being like okay what what is it that I'm anticipating might this transition be like and what might some of those stressors be around? Yeah, it's being able to use those those five steps to kind of walk yourself through them and understanding that it's going to be, it's going to take time. It reminds me of that book, All I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. So exactly. It is. Transitions are such a big part of all well, and the early years for sure. But yeah. it really does feel like that. Well, thank you so much. It was a really interesting conversation and it evolved. We we weren't originally talking about using the five steps, but they they came right in and it was just, it was really, really interesting hearing your story and your ideas, and I'm sure it will help others. I hope all of you out there listening to this podcast will, uh, uh, you know, share your stories of transition, ask your questions, share, you know, any comments or feedback that you have. We would, we would love to hear from you. And 
And please like and follow along. There's more of the Self-Rake show coming. Take care, Lisa. I really appreciate you taking this time today. Thanks so much, Susan.